0: Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to His instructions in humble obedience. Well, I am delighted to introduce someone that uh, I kind of met in an unusual way through social media, and we're going to have more on that in just a minute. We have yet to meet in person, but I was very impressed with, uh, with just hearing his heart as expressed through some of his posts, and that resulted ultimately in this interview. So, Welcome to Chad Peck. Welcome to, to the little podcast, Chad. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate this, this opportunity. Great.
0: A little bit more about Chad. Uh, he is an aspiring pastor preacher who has a heart of passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going you're gonna to pick that up, I'm quite sure, as we talk. He's preached at several different churches and events throughout his time serving the Lord, and his, his current plan would be to, to plant a church in Genesee County that's connected to the Reformed denomination. And uh, that's Genesee County, Michigan. That's uh, Flint and other you know, cities that are there. And he hopes to do that sometime next year. He has a large following on social media. And as I said, that's how I got to know him, which reaches hundreds of thousands of people each month. That by itself is impressive. He uses that platform to share the gospel and the love of God to those who are willing to listen to God's word. He loves reading, writing sermons, and spending time with his family and friends. Uh, Chad and his wife and two sons live on a small family farm in the town of Schwartz Creek, Michigan. And uh, so welcome again, Chad. Thank you for taking time to be with us
1: yeah this is this is awesome. I'm super excited to be here for sure.
0: So the social media thing, how in the world did that get going? How, how did that get started?
1: It's so interesting. So I was at a church and I was preaching there on occasion, and I ended up walking away from that church for disagreement on doctrine. and so I was kind of in limbo. We're looking for reformed churches in our area, and there's just not a lot around mm-hmm. um, we got involved with one, and the pastor ended up leaving after a couple of weeks, and it was just interesting. So uh, I'm looking for this church that's reformed to fit into the area, and we just couldn't find it. And we're going all over the place, and I'm telling my wife, I just don't feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do right now. Like, I need to be reaching people with the gospel. And so I literally started preaching out of my basement, and I started making these things called Facebook Reels out of my sermons, which are little 30-second clips that you make and post on Facebook. and sure they really started taking off and it was actually on April 9th of this year that Facebook reached out to me and they wanted to make my profile professional. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know anything about this. I'm just trying to spread the word, you know, and uh, it changed, I signed up for it. It changed my profile over to have these analytics so I could see who was viewing my post and kind of gear things towards different people and, and genres and different, Whoever's watching, you know what I mean. What works best, and after the first month, I reached thirty-five thousand people, and I'm like, I told my wife, "Oh, like glory be to God!" You know how amazing is that from my cell phone on Facebook? I'm reaching all these people, and as of yesterday, it was at like four hundred eighty thousand people. I think I reached last month. So in the last days, so and all glory to God. I don't, I don't understand it to be honest with you. And the amount of people that reach out to me and the messages I get is it's almost overwhelming and and it's so satisfying and fulfilling to see God's word work through an, an an avenue like that as opposed to just being in the building you know what i mean
0: sure sure well that's that's really amazing so this desire chad to 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 proclaim the word i mean even before you started the social media you were you know preaching uh, going to churches and so on communicating when did that start in your life? Has that been going for many, many years? Start when you were in teenage, eight years, before that. How did that happen? That the desire to, to proclaim the word of God. Where'd that come from? And when how did that come?
1: Another crazy story. So I I've always been like leadership mentality, what I would say. And yeah. I've always been verbal and vocal. And uh about eight years ago I got into politics. I
0: politics, okay.
1: And I was and what I found was I was doing self-promotion of myself. I was wanting to help people, but I was doing it in the wrong way.
0: Okay.
1: um, Once I backed out of that, I just started getting closer and closer to the Lord. And we went to a Pentecostal church at the time, to be honest with you. And Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't real firm in my faith. Uh, I I believed in God, but I was confused. I wasn't sure of what, at the time I honestly thought I, um, I made a false profession of faith at the time. I wasn't, sure of who god was i was still living a a wicked lifestyle
0: Mm. and
1: professing the the truth of god but really didn't even know all what the truth was and so i started digging in deep and i heard this sermon honestly by alistair Begg one day on the radio
0: truth for life sure
1: it hammered me and i probably listened to that sermon 50 times (laughs) and uh, from there it was just like i got into the c.s lewis and i'm reading all these different books and then started getting into just conservative Christianity and, and Baptist theology and then Presbyterian. And then I started, I'm like, what is the truth of all this? Coming from, I mean, I grew up an atheist and an atheist household and got with my wife when we were 16. She was a Pentecostal. Her parents are Pentecostal preachers. So, like, wasn't comfortable in that setting. Then I went to the conservative side and I've been through it all. And my, <laughs> That was the best thing about it for my my testimony is that i've been open-minded to everything this entire time and all i've wanted was the truth Mm -hmm. i firmly believe that god has given me the ability of discernment put me in all these different areas to to decipher the truth from what is close to it but not necessarily the the absolute truth of god Mm -hmm. and so once i found reformed theology and i realized that most of the people I was listening to and learning from were of that. Yeah, okay. sure. It 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 really started to click, and then it just was like, I mean, the last couple of years it's just been overwhelming. That's all I do. It's it's my whole life, and I've I've had pastors and friends tell me like, if you can do anything else, do it. And I've tried, and I just can't. I can't. <laughs> I, all I can do is do that. So that's my calling. That's where I'm at. I don't know how it's all ended up the way it is and it's so amazing just to be a part of it to be honest with you and 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 again glory to god for all of it because it's yeah. without him i'm nothing
0: yeah no that is that is so true i i say amen to that from my life as well without him we can do nothing he said <clears throat> so um you know, you, you you do these things, and, and the motivation. What do you hope to accomplish through all you're doing with social media?
1: Uh, a couple of things. <coughs> um, of course, we would we want to see people saved. That that that'd be the number one thing. But I also believe that God has called me to expose the false truths that have been accepted in our culture today as the truth, but. If you actually study and read the Bible, they're not the truth. And so we have a lot of people living in this country and the world but that are just they're they're being they're they're believing in a false gospel and they're being taught a false gospel. Yep. And, yep. And there's a lot of truth to the gospel that they're taught, but but it's not the complete truth. And so I, I see I have a lot of friends that I feel are misled and that's what's what's drawn me more and more mm-hmm. to to try to just teach them the truth and, and find out how you can reach people that are not only believers, but unbelievers in a, in, in a way through a, apologetics that they understand sure. it yep. that can, can help make them understand the truth that you're not trying to attack them personally, but
0: it's good
1: to understand what, what the
0: Bible says, you know? Did, have you ever read any Francis Schaefer yet? Have you read, any? Oh, have you read have, him?
1: Not, all, not, I, I, I have his set down here. Okay. Let me just tell
0: them. you a, a brief story of my life. Okay. <laughs> and i i came to faith in christ fairly early and then i went to a christian high school where i really began to grow in my faith but if you had asked me when i went to undergrad school i went to mit in boston uh in 1965 um, if you'd asked me why should i become a christian i would have said something like well uh it'll make you f- happier, it'll make you better, you know, it'll be a, you know, it'll be good for you, but you'll feel happy. Well, then Francis Schaeffer came to Boston my freshman year, and he said, if you want to feel happy, take drugs. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just truth, it's true truth. He used that phrase, true truth. In other words, it's truth for everybody, regardless of what you believe or feel or anything else. I mean, either Jesus physically rose from the dead on a specific day in history and a specific place and geography, or he didn't. And if he didn't, I don't care how good you feel, we should not be Christians. But he, he physically rose from the dead, and he died, you know, three days before that, and he physically rose, and he is King of kings and Lord of Lords, that's the truth. <clears throat> and that's why we, we we give our lives to him and uh, live for him. So that's good. But you know, there's a lot of people today, especially in our culture, uh, Chad, that say, Oh, come on, you just gotta be loving. Everything's just gotta be nice. Don't don't hit people with this truth thing. Just let them do whatever they feel. Feelings are are the most important part. Let people do whatever they feel. How do you respond to that, Chad? <clears throat>
1: Well, I hear it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. I believe it. And, uh, you know, the main thing is that telling somebody the truth is love. So, I mean, you wouldn't want your mother or your son or your friend to live a lifestyle that you know is inevitably going to end up having them have an eternal death in hell. You know what I mean? And, and, And so you don't, you don't ignore the, the way that they're living that you're trying to be nice to them and allow them to be happy. You, you need to confront them, but in a nice way, in the most proper way, I guess you should say, with the truth so that they know that they're living against what the biblical truth is. And if you don't do that, then we don't really have a gospel, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, what we have is... We have the world that's infiltrated the church. That's mm-hmm. what today we have, essentially an apostate church for the most part is what we're witnessing in the culture today. Is that everything is based on love and acceptance? That we can have women preaching, we can have gay pastors, we can—I mean—go down the list. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. those are those are pivotal issues that we talk about, but all of this needs to be addressed. You know, and 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 it goes down to anything, whether you're having sex before marriage, I mean any any of these immoral acts that you do that go contradictory to the Bible,
0: yeah,
1: people need to know. And and the way our culture is today, most of these things are accepted. And so if you don't tell them, they're gonna end up living that way and, yeah. and go completely against God's word. And yeah. what ends up happening is is they create their own God.
0: Yeah.
1: They don't study the God of the Bible, so they they know of God and and I know a lot of people that do this, they they form a God of their mind, of themselves, that allows them to have a false sense of security of faith, but they live as they'd like to live at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's right. I I think uh, I often think of the, the talk that Ted Koppel gave when he was in charge of the uh, NBC program Nightline. He gave a, a graduation speech at Duke University many years ago, and He'd probably get canceled, uh, you know, by what he said uh, in our current day, but back then he had the guts to uh, say, um, you know, what, what Moses brought down from Mount Sinai were not the 10 suggestions. They were commandments. And the reality is that we don't ultimately break God's law. They ultimately will break us. It's like the law of gravity. I can go to the third floor of a, of a building or the 10th floor of a building and say, I really believe I can fly. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Don't I mean, joke. gravity exists. And so do the commandment. Now that doesn't mean there's going to be an instant consequence, but it'll eventually come. You know, Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death yeah. and ultimately when I go my own way apart from God's rule, it's like I'm shooting myself in both feet and I'm end up hurting me. And again, so God's principle, I mean, they just exist. It's not that God is this angry. You either obey or I'm just, you know, I mean, he's, he's just, he's holy, but he's loving. I mean, he gave his son to pay for every sin that we've committed, Yeah, but we got to take the gift. And then we, once we take it, it's not that we earn you know, salvation in some way by obeying. We obey it, 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 because we want to love him back. He gave everything for us. We want to give ourselves to him. And we can't do it without his power by the Holy Spirit through us. And it's never perfect. But and many times we say, Lord, I blew it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And we get back on our horse and, and get going again. But uh, but yeah, truth sets us free. We it, it's 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 a gift. When a doctor tells you what the real diagnosis is, it may be painful, but he's doing it out of love. And that's what we now do, don't we?
1: After that disease.
0: What was that? I'm sorry?
1: Now you can go after that disease with the proper treatment. That's Did right. That
0: <laughs> that's right. You know, I find it interesting. You want to start a church. Yes, Is sir. Is that right? Yes. Does that mean you will be the pastor of the church, I assume?
1: I I will be. Lead pastor, probably yes. Uh, I'm in talks with a couple different pastors right now. I'm trying to get some help. I don't want to be the sole runner of this. This is not about Chad Pack at all. Uh, this is all about God. So I have quite a few people that are local that they've been begging me to do Bible studies, and we're starting that up in the fall. And we're going to do some home studies and stuff like that, and get it going. And then sure. next year we're going to find a building. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a building right now, but it's. Too early, you know what I mean? We're not ready for it yet. Yeah, so.
0: got it, got it. So, uh, and many, you know, big churches started in a garage or in a house. You know that, don't you? So that's a, that's probably a good Before way I to get came started.
1: From, came from the garage, yeah. Yep.
0: So, you know, what, what would you want to say to current pastors in America today? What would be your heart to, to the majority of current pastors of churches in, in America today?
1: <laughs> I would beg and plead for them to preach the true gospel to preach the sovereignty of god and not man and to put on the whole armor of god in this world as Ephesians tells us to so that we can fight this battle that we're in because we aren't in a battle of the flesh it's a spiritual battle and the pastors are in it too and they're constantly under attack and if we don't hold fast and fight for god's word like Jude covers is great we have to fight for God's word we have to stand up against these people trying to go against God's word we have to defend the gospel and if these preachers are what I've noticed for one thing is I've been to a lot of churches in these past few months in the past year and I've spoken to a lot of pastors and from the Pentecostal side to the conservative side you name it and one thing that concerns me on the Pentecostal side is that they don't focus so much on doctrine. Um, I've heard them say things from in private meetings from things like, you know, doctrine's important, but I don't really preach on that. Well, how can doctrine be important if you're not preaching it to your congregation? And, and how can your congregation understand who the one true God is if you're not teaching them who that is through the doctrines of the Bible? And so that would be that side of it. And, and on the conservative side, it would be, Invite the spirit into your life. So I, it's one thing to believe in the gospel and to adhere to scripture, but there's life in the gospel. And, and so let's embrace that. We don't have to take it to this emotional experience of screaming and running around the room, but, but let the Holy Spirit work in you a little bit. That's
0: and, good. That's good. And, and,
1: and I, I just don't see that very much in these conservative churches. Uh, and I, I would like to. And and I think one other thing that would be very beneficial for a lot of these churches is that it's not that we want to conform to the world. I'm completely against conforming to the world, but we do want to be able to reach people, the younger generations in the society in a way that they understand. Yeah. So though we want to hold the church traditions and everything we, and we should, there's not anything wrong with adapting certain things. As long as we aren't going against doctrine in order to, to reach the lost and to to help relate to the younger younger people that might want to learn about God.
0: That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. So if, if you wanted to to a, a kind of assess the health of the American church, I mean, let me just point put this out. You know, the five nations where the church in those nations is growing the fastest. Are five nations where the church is under persecution sure. and the five nations where the church is in decline, which unfortunately includes America, the church has been relatively free. Why might that be? Do we need persecution, Chad? Do we need more opposition? Are we just lazy? Are we laid back? Are we? Um, what, what's the problem with the American church?
1: We become complacent. We uh we don't have to stand up for ourselves and and our culture has been so based on this progressive relativism mm-hmm. where we don't stand for anything and the truth is no longer the truth. The truth is what your truth is to you. Yeah. And that completely destroys the whole meaning of anything. Yeah. And so until we come to realize <laughs> what the truth is and we can acknowledge the truth in this culture, we'll never be able to learn the truth of the gospel, and and there won't be a truth of the gospel unless somebody stands for it.
0: But in the nations where they're being persecuted, it's I think the other a- uh, uh, aspect of it, in my mind, is we have had it so good, and we have so much stuff around us, and, and the the you know the, the ease that we've had, and the material goods, and the the comfort it's almost like if I could just get that new car and that thing and that thing, I'll have my little heaven down here. Oh yeah. I'll be going to heaven when I die, but yeah, it's almost like we can build a a nice little kingdom here. And that goes against scripture. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, First John two talks about do not love the world or the things in the world, but the people in persecuted countries they they don't have much of a heaven around them. In fact, just the opposite. So they say, the worst thing you can do to me is kill me. But you know what? That gives me a ticket to the real heaven. Not that I want to die. You know what I'm saying? But they can more live scripturally where their heart, you know, Colossians chapter three says, set your heart on things above. Set your mind on things above. For you already died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I don't think too many American Christians realize that we're supposed to really be heavenly minded. I mean, that statement, oh, that person's so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That's not in the Bible. We're no. supposed to be heavenly minded.
1: Yeah. I mean, people are more worried about losing Facebook followers than they are standing for Christ, you know? There and you and we're, not, we're not in the position where we're getting beheaded for standing for God's word or anything like this. So like, we're in a completely different, we have a completely different perspective on what it means to stand up for the gospel. In yes.
0: Way. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's so we need to be all in. Jesus was all in when he came down to die for you and me. You know, he, he didn't hold back anything. No. And he, you know, it's, it's our reasonable service, you know, Romans 12, one and two, to give everything to him, lay it on the altar, living sacrifice. And we need to daily, like it says in Luke nine, 23 daily, you know, deny ourselves, take up our crosses, follow Him, and to challenge our fellow believers and ourselves to do that, and that's when we're going to see the revival that we so desperately need. In my opinion, you agree with that?
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, what we're living in today is like the Church of Sardis. You know, it's like we we claim to be alive, but we're so spiritually dead inside. Yeah, yeah. the problem is, is we don't even realize it. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. the biggest. That's why. You need people to reach out to these other people and say, just almost, you want to grab them by the shoulder and shake them and say, wake up, you know? It's like, yes,
0: yes. And that's, that's really what drew me to making the connection with you, is I, I have seen that. You, you, you mentioned Sardis. I totally agree. I go more for Laodicea. They think they're rich in need of nothing. But Jesus says, lukewarm, poor, pitiable, wretched, naked, and blind. But I still love you. And I'm knocking at the door. I want to come in not to yell at you, but to have fellowship with you. But you got to open the door and we got to work that way. But so God help us. So other final comments on what you'd ideally like to see happen with the church in America. What would you if, if, if you could get your prayers totally answered? What would you what would you like to see happen with the American church?
1: I would love to see revival, but but I would love to see revival of the true church. Yes. I do not want to see revival of this apostate church that's being pushed across this entire nation. I, I think that mm. needs to be stood against. Um, I would love to see people repent and believe and, and to, to yeah. truly and genuinely submit themselves to Christ. Yeah. I know we all say that, but like, do we really love our neighbors as ourselves? Mm. Are we treating those that, that hate us with love and kindness? Are we praying for the people leadership that we disagree with in this country are we doing what christians should truly be doing as opposed to doing what we'd like to do in our own free will i and love we, it and we're not and yeah. and, and most of us are and if we do it's usually not in the full grace of god it's usually in some part of our flesh yeah, that's and that's really we have to so submit to god and just get back to the roots of the bible and and just live for christ do take every thought, deed, and action, and glorify God with it, and you will ultimately do that if you do it.
0: I love that, Chad. Chad, that is so good. I appreciate your heart, and I I wish you well as you continue to follow him, you and your family. That is so great, brother. Would you close us in prayer? 100%. Father,
1: I thank you for this time today, Lord. I thank you for all that you do in all our lives, Lord. Mm. I thank you for being such an amazing God in this life. And and I know that you want revival in this church today. And I know that you have called so many men in this world to to preach the gospel for you and to to stand against the heresies of this day and to stand against this apostate church of this land. And Lord, I ask you that you give us the strength today to submit to you, to, to study and to to read your word, Lord, that we we, we know everything that you want us to know, that, that we open and soften our hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit for your glory alone, yes. that we can, we can spread your word of truth, that we can represent you in the flesh mm. in the most glorious way. And Lord, I just thank you for this time today. I hope that our conversation blesses many And I hope that we can all learn to live and submit ourselves to you in the most genuine and faithful way possible. We love you, and we thank you, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' mighty name.
0: Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Chad. God richly bless you.
1: Yeah, you too, Chad.
0: Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.